Welcome back, college football fans, for episode 7 on the Play Action Pod. We thought we'd give a quick reintroduction in case you guys are new because we have expanded to other platforms, including Spotify. Back so on, you, yeah. Back so you, on a new, uh, new uh, platform. Yeah, so you Android and Samsung users can now listen, which is, which is huge for us. Yes, we're, we're getting big. But anyways, back to the introduction. My name is Brennan. Beside me is my analyst, Brock Bunkle. We're both from Salt Lake, and we do these every Wednesday and Sunday for you guys. So if you want to start tuning in and hearing what to say on those barbecues on Saturday, then we got some hot takes for you for, for you to bring to those barbecues, you know? Yeah, and best best way to do that, you know, slap a follow on there. It'll notify you when the podcast goes live. It's always a clutch way to do it. And, you know, make sure to leave a rating, man. Yeah, it, it helps, helps with the algorithm. Helps the algorithm, you know, boosts the... Boost the viewers so we can get more of you guys. And we're, we're going to be coming up with an Instagram soon. So you guys can drop your comments on there and kind of roast us on our picks. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe as the podcast grows, you can slap a comment that you want answered on, on the pod. Oh, yeah, that'd we be, can do that as well. That'd be a dope segment we could yeah. do one day. But, you know, yeah, we're just trying to grow, trying to keep getting bigger. Yeah, because so, we love – dude, Wednesdays are becoming like my favorite day of the week. Dude, I love talking about college football, man. Something about it. Something about, you know, every every Wednesday and Sunday when we film one of these things, man. It's just so much fun. Yeah, and I think you guys should just roast us in the comments as well because I know Brock is at like a 25% prediction rate or success rate. Yeah, if I pick your team today, watch out. They, yeah. They're probably losing on they Saturday. Guaranteed <laughs> will lose. There's a 75% chance that if Brock t- picks your team, they're going to lose. Hey, unless you're a Washington fan, I did pick them to beat those, uh, those yeah, Spartans last week. He's got like one correct pick under his belt. I'm like, I'm like one for uh, 60 this year. So, Also, we have been getting some feedback from our listeners saying that um, Brock's mic is broken, and I would just like to address that by saying that his mic is not broken. It's just his voice. Yeah, I just I don't know how to talk in this. He thing. needs to speak with his chest more. So we kind of got him, you know, dialed in a little bit more. We got to figure it out now. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be better from now yeah. on. Yeah, we'll be better. Okay, this week, our topics, games to look out for. Of course, we do this every week. We give you the top four or five games to look out for for the weekend, as well as some other games. To look out for some lower profile not as not as big games but we give our predictions for every single game so that's your chance to kind of flame us when uh when brock messes those up also brock's got a segment this week where he's going to talk about his power five conference predictions so we'll kind of get to hear of what he what he thinks the season's going to unveil for us i got some good ones in store yeah so. he's got some he's got some steam and not takes. controversial at all no, they're very controversial. Everybody's going to agree. Very incorrect is what I'm guessing. No, I think everyone's going to agree. I think they're going to hear what I have to say and they're going to be like, "Yep, he's right." No, I kind of looked down the list and I think it's going to be pretty controversial and also incorrect. But anyways, let's jump in to the games of this weekend. The first game to look out for this weekend and my personal favorite game of the weekend is going to be number 5 Clemson at Wake Forest and we just spent the last 5 minutes trying to figure out how to pronu- pronounce I can't even pronounce, pronounce, but pronounce DJ Uyunglele, the quarterback for Clemson's That was name. good. Yeah. That was like it. spot on. Yeah, that really was. But it's going to be the quarterback battle between DJ. We're just going to call him DJ. DJ versus Hartman on Wake Forest. Yeah, this is uh, probably the most intriguing battle for me because you got, you know, Clemson's quarterback who's, he's struggled. You know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. He hasn't looked amazing. You know, he's, his stat line looks amazing, but him on the field, he's kind of struggled a little bit. And then you got Sam Hartman, who is going to have to be 
really influential for this Demon Deacons team if they want to make a run for the ACC championship. So this is an interesting game. This is probably one of the main deciders for that game. So we'll have to see how it goes this weekend. Another huge decider is going to be uh, Will Shipley for Clemson, the running back. I know you had high praise for him. Man, he's. it feels like he's been there forever. I think he's been. I think he was there when Trevor Lawrence. He might have been a freshman when Trevor Lawrence was in his final year at Clemson, but he feels like he's been there forever. He's experienced as can be, and I think he's going to have to play a big role in this game as well for Clemson to have success. Yeah, he's already got 32 carries on the year, 249 yards on six touchdowns. But another question we had about this game was, is it going to decide the ACC Atlantic division? I don't think it will decide it, but it's definitely one of those games that's going to take yeah. a big step towards it. Because you got, you know, I think it's going to be between Clemson, Wake Forest, and then NC State as well. So this is kind of like you win this game, you take one step forward, then you beat NC State, you take a second step forward to potentially, you know, winning the whole thing. Because, you know, you know how big those tiebreakers are. So, yeah, Clemson's got a big challenge this week. I've been – I think I picked Clemson to be in the playoff. And then watching them for three weeks, I'm not so confident anymore. So I think this is a this is big for them to take a step towards that playoff and towards securing their spot in the playoff. So I'm going to be really close to this game, hardwired to the TV, because I want to see how Clemson does this week. This is like this is like a 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So you're waking up, jumping right into like what what I see is the best game of the week. No, yeah, I'm going to have to be you know. Coffee already down, yeah. wake or waking up, waking up, waked up and ready to go <laughs> for this one. Yeah, it'll be a good one. I think the Tigers versus the Demon Deacons. Do you actually know why they're called the Demon Deacons? I'm going to be honest. I don't know what a Demon Deacon is. Yeah, well, I, I actually did some research actually back in 1941. School reporter gave them the name after a devilish, devilish in quotes, win against the Trinity Blue, Blue Devils, which is now... The, Blue, the Duke Blue Devils. Interesting. Yeah, and they didn't have that a mascot at the time. So then this frat bro, he decides to dress up as a demon deacon, which is like the dude with the top hat. You have to look up the picture. It's like this dude with the top hat, tux, black umbrella. And in 1980, it officially became the mascot. Interesting. That is yeah. interesting. Yeah. I wonder why we got so many of these teams with a demon in their name. You know, you got the Blue, the Duke Blue Devils. And you got the Arizona State Sun Devils, yeah. and then the Demon Deacons. You don't really see any angels out there. Yeah, where is like you know the North Carolina Angels? <laughs> but a little off topic, but yeah, yeah, uh, this is gonna be a good game though. I think, I think if you're a big ACC guy, you're gonna be glued into the TV on this one because this is gonna decide your conference. I think. I think Pitt is still in the running. I think NC State is still in the running. But if I had to pick my two best teams in the conference, it's these two. So I think you're gonna see. The winner of the ACC come from either the Clemson Tigers or those Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I've got a hot take for this game. I think the Clemson Tigers are on upset alert. And I think the Demon Deacons get a devilish win against the Tigers this weekend. Interesting. Yeah, you know, Dabo Sweeney has – he's been a great coach for his time in Clemson, and he's really elevated that program to the next level. And I think the reason why they've elevated to that next level is because he wins games like this. And I think DJ is going to prove all of his doubters wrong this week. And I think Will Shipley is going to have a game as well. And I think Clemson's going to go on the road, and I think they're going to beat Wake Forest, not upset them. What's the line at for this game, actually? What is it? Seven for Clemson. For Clemson? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to go Clemson to cover that as well. Ooh. 
I'm going to go Clemson 42. Those Wake Forest Demon Deacons 28. No, we'll go 31. 42-31. I think Clemson goes on the road, and I think they get a win. And I think it's going to be a statement win, too. Nah. I think, it's, I think it's going to prove a lot of people wrong about this Clemson team. No, I think it's going to prove a lot of people wrong about this Clemson team in the opposite direction. Interesting. Interesting. I think that the Demon Deacons, like I said earlier, are going to get a devilish win. They're at home. I think Sam Hartman is going to have a monster game. Will Shipley will ball out as well. But, I mean, we've seen the trend this year. Home teams just get it done in these big games. Like they we do. saw from last week against, against it was Washington and Michigan State. Same kind of trend I think Wake Forest is going to shake up the playoff talk and I think their win against Liberty last week was kind of underrated I think that team is pretty good that Liberty team yeah that's interesting they only won by one but I still think yeah it was on the two-point conversion I know you put BYU on the upset alert when they played I did I did when BYU plays Liberty later this year but I think Wake Forest is going to get this win I think it will be a game winner of some sort whether that being a touchdown final second a field goal I think they're going to get it done at home their stadium only holds like 35,000, but that place is going to be packed. Max capacity, probably 105%. Yeah, I like means. it. I do like I do like the home theme. I, I think home teams have fared really well this season, so I, I see it. But I don't know. Dabo Sweeney's been doing it for too long. I think he's got something in him for this weekend. Well, since you picked Clemson, it's a guarantee that my pick is right because you just seem to get them I'd all. Say you, I've struggled with yeah. my picks lately, so. Yeah, so I think Wake Forest gets it done, and they'll be welcome to the top 10 after this big win. You think so? That big of a jump? They're not an SEC team, you know? Dude, if they beat Clemson, top five, and they're undefeated. Interesting. Would they not? That's a take. I don't know. I I just don't feel like ACC teams get the kind of respect that SEC teams get. If if you're talking about flip the script and say this is like Georgia versus, you know, Kentucky, and Kentucky's 21, Kentucky jumps into the top five easy. Yeah, well, how's Clemson number five? And they haven't played anybody yet. It's the Clemson. Yeah, but you said ACC doesn't get the respect they deserve. Well, Clemson's kind of the outlier for that. Okay. Because they've been so dominant with, you know, the national championships. So the playoffs just a little biased towards them, you think? It's like, it's kind of like it's Clemson's league and everyone else plays in it, in my opinion. Okay. So I, w- I would love for that to happen. You know, a 4 0 Wake Forest making that big of a jump. I just don't know if it happened. I, I think it will. So keep your eye out for that game early in the morning, 10 a.m. Mountain Time on ABC. Keep an eye on those those Demon Deacons. I think they're going to get the dub. We got number 10, Arkansas, against number 23, Texas A&M. This is going to be a neutral site game in Arlington, Texas, at the AT&T Stadium. Last year, Arkansas won the matchup at home, 20-10. to 10. We might see a new – we are going to see a new quarterback this week. He actually started last week, Max Johnson. But what do you see in this matchup at the neutral site this week? I think it's interesting that they've decided to go with Max Johnson. I know he obviously got the win last week against Miami, and I think it's good that the coaching staff is trusting him for another week, showing him that, you know, we believe in you after last week's win, and I think he's going to show, you know, some more stuff because I think it's different when you obviously are the backup and you come into a game. I know he didn't come into the game last week, but getting first-team reps week in and week out in practice, I think it's going to change his mentality. I think it's going to change how he's going to perform. So I think this is good that he's now solidified as a starter going into his second game. And I think it's going to be helpful for this Texas A&M offense because now they're used to how he plays and his tendencies. So it, it only can be up from Texas A&M because their uh, offense has been dreadful so far yeah. <laughs> to start the season. So can't get any worse, hopefully. 
I think the Aggies virtually have no offense besides Devon A. Chain. They, they've only averaged 20 points per game this year. Haven't really had crazy competition. I know that they won against Miami last week, which is which was a huge comeback win after losing to App State and College Station. But I think that win was kind of a fluke. I just don't think that the Hurricanes performed to the level that we expected them to. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see Max, how Max Johnson performs against this Razorbacks team, who also has kind of struggled on defense as well, allowing 27 points per game and squeaking out a win last week against Missouri State. We kind of expected them to do better against a team like that, considering they're in the top tw- they're in the top 10 in the AP. Yeah, I think this is definitely an offense versus defense kind of game. I think Arkansas's offense is going to struggle with this Texas A&M defense because they they're pretty stout. You know, they they made Tyler Van Dyke look very human last week, and they limited to him to a lot of stuff that you know they were comfortable defending with. And I think they only had what three field goals, so didn't even get in the end zone last week. Yeah. So it's going to be huge for for Arkansas to figure out the holes in the Texas A&M defense, and they got to get they got to exploit them and turn them into touchdowns because. Kicking field goals against this team ain't going to do it. Yeah, I don't think that the problem for the Aggies is their defense. I know you have a lot of praise for Tyler Van Dyke as being one of the one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Definitely. And they didn't get in the end zone, which is huge. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the fan base kind of lies. I know we looked at the drive from Texas A&M and also from Arkansas. What was it, like five and a half from yeah. Arkansas? Yeah, from College Station, it's about, it's about four-ish, four-ish hours. And then from uh, Fayetteville, it's about six hours. Six hours. Six hours. So what do you expect to see from these fan bases? Like a 50-50 maybe? Because, I mean, Arkansas is a top 10 team. They got a lot of, they got a lot of pride in their, in their football team this year. Yeah, I would, I would hope that both teams would make the trip. Um, you know, you got top 25 teams, you know, playing in a big matchup, especially for Texas A&M. You're, you know, hopefully trying to build momentum off of a ranked win. I know we're not... Very impressed with how Miami played last week, but they're still a top 25 team. I think Texas A&M needs to build upon that win last week. And then, you know, for Arkansas, you're a top 10 team now. You know, you got to start performing like one. You obviously are coming off a very poor performance against Missouri State. I would like to see them perform better this week and kind of put the doubts of last week's performance in the back of everyone's mind as they head to hopefully 4-0 and a dominant team in the SEC. Yeah, I think it I think it was really interesting because we expected them to move out of the top ten after last week's performance. I think they should have. Yeah. You know, I think they've shown in the past that if you don't dominate your opponent, that teams have dropped. We saw it with NC State. That was like even, the trend of the first two weeks, I think. We even saw it this week though yeah. with, with Florida. Yeah. You know, Florida had a close one with South Florida and they dropped a couple spots. So I know they won by eleven, but I feel like eleven's just not good enough. I would like to see Arkansas really put the doubt of last week's game and show how dominant they can be on offense, especially against a really good defensive team. And I think the trend of this season is you can't really base a football team's success off of one win. If we look back at Oregon week one, I mean, obviously getting dominated by a Bulldogs team that looks a lot better than we thought that they were at the beginning of the season. Oregon comes back and wins well, we had a lot of doubts for Oregon. Then they come back and beat a really good BYU team. Same thing with Texas A&M. I mean, they lose to App State, but is this really going to be the football team we see for the rest of the year? So I don't know if you can necessarily jump to conclusions just based off of one game. And also Florida. I mean, Florida had a huge win 
against Utah at home, we kind of had high hopes for them. Quarterback hasn't even thrown a touchdown this year, and I don't even think they're a top 25 team at this point, in my opinion. But yeah, so I think everything changes for Texas A&M. You know, after their loss to App State, we're kind of like, that might be their season if they lose to Miami. Well, they beat Miami. Now if they can go into beating Arkansas, you know, I think the story changes for Texas A&M. I think we kind of look at that loss at App State and be like, you know what, that's a bad loss to take. I don't think it's season ending though. They still got to run the table. They still got to win the SEC. And they still have the schedule to do it. We talked about how tough the SEC is. So I think everything changes for Texas A&M if they get a win this week in a neutral side against Arkansas, which I expect to be like a 60-40 game. You know, about 60% Texas A&M fans, about 40% Arkansas fans. We'll see kind of what it looks like, you know, come game time. But I think I think this is kind of a, a big step for both these teams. If Arkansas wins, they take that step towards the SEC, you know, being one of the better teams in the SEC. And then say Texas A&M wins, they take a step towards, you know, maybe being a contender again, which is what we all thought they would be when they came in so high in the rankings. For me, the main thing to look out for this weekend is Max Johnson, his performance against this Arkansas team, because I know last year he played for LSU, transferred to AM this year. What did he go, three for six, and then he was benched? Yeah, I think they pulled him. I think this was the game he was pulled last year for LSU. So he's going to have some revenge on his mind. You know, he's going to want to have a better showing than he did last year, which I think... Hopefully he will, getting his second week as, you know, getting starter reps in practice. And I just want to see what the game plan is going to be for Texas A&M. Yeah. Are they going to ride that running back? I know he's about at, about 15 carries a game. I, I would like to see him more in the 20, 25, you know, carries per yeah. game. And then, you know, Max Johnson, you know. I think, I think he is the heart and soul of this Texas A&M offense, though. He's going to have some fire in his eyes. Like he's, last year, it's it's his revenge game, you know. He's going to have to perform, you know. If the offense wants to get going, you know, it starts with the quarterback position. Yeah. You know, Max Johnson has to perform, and we'll see if he can. Yeah, it'll be a good quarterback matchup. K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas, he's looked really good this year. 770 yards with six touchdowns, one interception. I think that he is better than Max Johnson and will outperform him this weekend. The key for Arkansas is to stop that run game because I think besides Devon A-Chain, that this Texas A&M team virtually has no offense. In my opinion, they will have the chance to prove me wrong, and they will have the, the chance to prove me wrong that their win against Miami last week was a fluke because that's also my opinion in, in that subject as well. Yeah, so a lot of writing for Texas A&M. I think this is definitely the game that you can get your perspective of your football team turned around. I don't think it happens, though. I think Arkansas is going to be ready for this game. They're a top-10 team. It's time to show that they are a top 10 team. It's time to perform like you're a top 10 team. You got to win top 25 matchups, especially on a neutral site. I like Arkansas to win this game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game though. I don't think Arkansas's offense is going to prevail as much. I think it's going to be, you know, Arkansas's offense versus Texas A&M's defense and kind of what that looks like throughout the game. But I like Texas A&M defense to hold strong but I think Arkansas still gets it done. I'm going to go like 21, 21-17 for Arkansas. Pretty low scoring. Yeah, I think I think one of those touchdowns is going to come from Texas A&M's defense. Yeah. I think they're going to get half like their points. Six or a, almost half their almost, points. Yeah, almost half their points come from that defense. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, now that I predicted a low scoring game, it's going to be like 55 yeah. to 52 or something. Yeah, so like just that. count on a high scoring game now that Brock has... Uh, his mentions can be a low-scoring game. But yeah, I, I generally do like this Texas A&M defense. You know, they're only giving about nine a game, nine points per game, which I think is very good. 
and I think they're a good unit, and I think that they're going to make this game a lot closer than it should be. Well, finally, we agree on a pick because I also, yeah, I got the Razorbacks winning this one as well, proving that they're a top 10 team, finally. And I think that they win big. I think they're going to win by 10-plus in this game. Gotcha. Don't trust that Texas A&M defense? No, I do. I just think that the only thing that Arkansas has to do is just stop that run. It opens up so much for a really good quarterback in K.J. Jefferson. He's just going to tear them apart. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be that low scoring. I, I thought it was going to be low scoring, and then you said it was going to be low scoring. So now I definitely know it's going to be high scoring because Brock just – he doesn't really get anything right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers taking on number three Ohio State Buckeyes games in, in Columbus. Another game to look out for this weekend. Obviously, C.J. Stroud has been looking unbeatable, picking up right where he left off from last year. Kind of some question marks from Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I know Marvin Harrison has been kind of carrying that receiving team for Ohio State. But do you think the Badgers have enough to be able to hang with? A team is picked by 17 points at home. Yeah, I need Jackson Smith and Jigba to help me out, man. I picked him to potentially yeah. win the Heisman. And he's, you know, I know he got injured. He had the hamstring problem. And maybe they're kind of limiting his snaps to kind of get him back to full health. But I need him to have a breakout game. And what better team to do it against? Than just another reason to just not believe anything you have to say. Bro, I'm going to start getting picks right. What has he got, like three catches on the year or something? Three catches, like 20-something yards. Yeah, we got a Heisman candidate at three catches. See, this is the breakout game, though. <laughs> You know, you got a stingy Wisconsin defense who, you know, they played really well, only giving about eight points per game. Obviously, they had that loss to Wazoo. But I think that they're going to be on the field. Ohio State's offense is going to be on the field a lot this game because I think they're going to score, and I think they're going to score quickly. And I think this is time for Jackson Smith and Jigba to get it going. I think to get it going. To get it going. <laughs> it's about time. Because he's a talented receiver. You know, he's going to be a top 10 pick. He might even be a top 5 pick in this draft. You know, we saw what he did to us. Yeah, as Utah fans. I'm a big, I'm a big Smith and Jigba believer. And I think this is the game to get him going. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Well, I hope so. After seeing him, like, absolutely just tear down our football team in the Rose Bowl, I kind of expected him to just pop off this season. But, I mean, three receptions, that's not really cutting it. Especially when we're kind of giving some Heisman praise at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he was a little. He had some hamstring issues, but still, you gotta get that. You gotta get that going, especially when you got C.J. Stroud as your as your arm. And maybe you know, maybe that was his you know curse going into the season was, you know, everyone everyone's locked in on him. They want to make sure that if they lose a football game, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba isn't the one doing it. So it's gonna be interesting to see kind of if he can get himself going. I think C.J. and him have a great relationship, and. He just needs to get himself open a little bit more. I know we, we talked about that hamstring. Is he healthy? Is he not? I hope he's healthy because I want to see him perform at the highest level. And I think it's time for him to take over that wide receiver one role. I would like to see him get like 10 targets this week. You know, catch like eight or nine of them. Maybe get like 100, 150 yards against what I think is a good Washington defense. Or wow, Washington. Let's try Wisconsin defense. Wisconsin, yes. Uh, I think Wisconsin defense is good. I think they've they've held strong in the first three games. Obviously, only that one loss to Wazoo, but they only gave up 17 points that game. So I think if you know Smith and Jigba can get himself going against a good Wisconsin defense, I think it will set him up to have an explosive next couple of weeks towards you know the most important part of the season. 
Yeah, the topic of this game is going to be Wisconsin defense versus an overwhelming Ohio State offense. Wisconsin's only allowed eight points a game. And even, yeah, like you said, during that Washington State loss, only allowed, only allowed what, 17? Yeah, 17, 17 points. points. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to come down to can their defense hang with this overwhelming offense? And also, can, can Graham Mertz kind of put together some points? Because they're going to need, they're going to need to score a lot to be able to beat this team. Yeah, and I think our biggest criticism of Ohio State was the unknown at wide receiver. I think, you know, we knew they had Smith and Jigba. We knew that they had some other youngsters that needed to step up into the season. And I think so far, you know, they have. I think, you know, we've seen a lot of a lot of good Ohio State receivers. You know, they got Emeka Abuka. That's got to be the name of the year right there. Yeah, Abuka. He had a good game last week in that dominating performance <laughs> against Toledo. He had uh, seven receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. And then, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's been balling as well. Yeah. You know, he had six receptions, 102 yards, and a couple touchdowns last week. But to see Ohio State have three receivers over 100 yards last week and Smith and Jig but not be one of them, she doesn't sit right with me. So I like I like the Smith and Jigba breakout game of the season, if you could call it that. I like Ohio State at home. You know, there's just something about that football program when they play in Columbus, man. Yeah. They just they really get it done. I think this team is quiet, maybe maybe quietly isn't the good word, but you just haven't heard much from them besides their win over Notre Dame, you know? It's been mostly about Georgia and it's been mostly about, you know, Alabama not looking good against Texas, but I haven't heard much about Ohio State. I want to start hearing more about Ohio State because I think they're a great team. They're number three in the country, and I think this is the week that they show that they're maybe even better than that. I got Ohio State winning and exposing a good Wisconsin defense. Yeah. And, like, again, if you're a Wisconsin fan, there's no shame in getting blown out by Ohio State because Ohio State's a good football program. You're a good football program. I just think y'all aren't, aren't quite ready to compete for the conference on that level. So I'm going to go Ohio State with a big win. I'm going to go, let's go, like, 38 38 to 14. That's kind of relatively low for, for an Ohio State scoring team. Well, I think it goes to the respect that I do have for this Wisconsin defense. I think they are really talented, but I think when you go up against an even more talented offense is when the flaws are going to start showing. And I think Ohio State will get their offense off the field nice and quick. And then I think that offense is going to dominate for Ohio State. I think they're going to dominate time of possession. And I think that Wisconsin's defense is just going to be on the field too much. And it's going to wear him out towards the end of the game. You think Njigba's the best wide receiver for Ohio State right now? Yeah, I don't think we can look at his slow start to the season and say he's not. Yeah. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a good wide receiver. And Emeka Mbuka is also a great wide receiver. Maybe his success was kind of... Because last year, he had the leading receiving yards for the team, even with Olave and Wilson on the team. So maybe since there's more focus on him for defenses, that's kind of why he's been slowing down. I think that could be a criticism on him. You know, last year he definitely was the third-choice receiver, but I think what speaks volumes was hearing Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave say that he was the most talented out of the three of them. Really? We're talking about Humble. Garrett Wilson just had a good weekend last week in the NFL. Yeah. I think he had a couple touchdowns and a comeback win for the Jets. So to say that Smith and Jigba is the most talented out of, you know, those two dudes or those three dudes, that's insane, you know. He's got to start showing it, though. And I think he will. I think this is the week that we finally, you know, we get the Smith and Jigba show. And I think it's going to be a big route for these Ohio State Buckeyes. 
Yeah, I agree with you on this one. I think the Buckeyes will get the win this weekend. Hey, they, three for three, huh? Yeah, no, three for three. No, because I picked I picked Wake Forest. Did you pick Clemson? Oh, I picked Clemson. That's yeah, right. yeah. So, that's right. Yeah, we had a, we had a difference there, but I think they are in Columbus. This this offense is just too overwhelming. No disrespect to the the batters' defense. I think that they will hold them under forty points, but I think that this is going to be a high scoring, close game, sixty plus combined points. I think Stroud's going to ball out three hundred fifty plus yards. Three tutties, and I think Marvin Harrison's also going to play great as well. Big Pac-12 matchup to look for this weekend. We got the Oregon Ducks coming off a hot win against BYU. Playing some different Cougars this week. Washington State in Pullman. Bo Nix had a big week last week. Will he be able to bounce forward? Not bounce back. Will he be able to bounce forward and have another big week for the Ducks this weekend? Do you think uh, Wazoo has better Cougars than BYU? What cougars are we talking about? I don't know. Any type of cougars. Yeah, I definitely think so. Because they're both named cougars, so one cougar has to be better than the other. We'll find out this weekend. Yeah, I guess we will. Yeah. But no, yeah, you know, Oregon Oregon impressed me last week. They were solid. Bo Nix had what? Didn't he have three rushing touchdowns? Yeah, it was three. He's got some legs. Dude. He's got some legs. He's kind of thick, too. He was kind of, you know, bouncing off some tacklers. So, yeah, yeah, Bo Nix played good last week. You know, it's about time. You know, Oregon needs him to, to be to be good for them to, you know, be a top 10 or top 5 team, which is where Oregon should be because they got the talent. They got, they got the, talent the talent. In the world. Man, did you see that catch? It was they it was the throw across the middle to I think it was Franklin, Troy Franklin. Yeah. He like kind of like caught it with one hand and then caught it with the other as he oh, yeah. the round. Yeah, yeah, it was it was basically one hand catch. Dude, he was he was insane, man. Yeah. He played a good game. But they got the talent. Yeah, you know, Oregon Oregon looked good and I think that the nation is fast asleep on this Wazoo team. They should be ranked, in my opinion. I, I 100% agree. You know, you go to Wisconsin at Camp Randall and get a win in a close game. You know, your defense plays really good. And then, you know, you blow out a team the next week. How do you not sneak into the rankings, you know? They're 3-0. and They got a top 25 win on the road. And then, you know, two other pretty okay wins. I think they should be ranked. I don't know why they're not ranked. Cam Ward's got that team playing great. You know, the transfer from Incarnate Ward. Not many people know where that is. I have no idea where Incarnate Ward is, but Cam Ward's been playing good. He's got this offense moving, and he's going to need to Yeah, he's when, when the Ducks come to town. I think Cam Ward's going to need to have a big game in order to win this game. Both these teams have top 25 wins on the season. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Ducks got blown out by the Dogs earlier this season. And a huge bounce back win against a really good BYU team. I think we kind of expected BYU to win that game. I know you picked BYU, so they definitely lost <laughs> for that that's reason. Low, that's low. Yeah, and I picked Oregon to win last week. And I picked BYU to pick to beat Baylor. So I'm kind of on a roll. I, I, I I'm kind of just you know patting myself on the back. Yeah, but, so yeah, I might have to ask you who you're picking each week so I can yeah. you know, pick the same team. Yeah, so that we always get you know. Yeah, Brock always just picks first, and I just pick the, the opposite team, and it yeah, just works, works out for me. It's yeah, great. It works. But, yeah, Bonix played great last week. The thing that was most impressive about that Oregon win was their running game. I think they ran yeah. it, like, at least 30 times. Yeah. And, you know, BYU didn't have an answer for it. So I wonder if that's kind of the similar game plan is kind of give it to those running backs, let them make plays, and then when you need to, you know, play action, get Bonix in the throwing game. Because I think if Bonix throws – 20 to 25 passes, I think that's the golden yeah. age for him. I don't think he can throw any more than that because then he starts he starts throwing a little, 
little mistakes in those in those throws, and that's when turnovers happen. So I think Bo Nix, that's a good range for him. You know, get the running game going, get the play-action game, and I don't think Oregon should have any trouble with Wazoo. I think Wazoo's a great team, don't get me wrong, but Oregon is supremely talented with athletes all over the field. You know, my favorite thing about watching that defense play last week was that watching them run to each tackle and and they were all super athletic, super aggressive. I want to see that again this week from Oregon. And I think if they do play that way, I think they will win this game on the road. I don't I don't know about the atmosphere in Pullman. I don't think it's one of those, you know, tough places to play. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But I like Oregon to win this game on the road. In a close one. I think it's gonna be a close one. The yeah. line has it at what, six and a half? I don't think Oregon will cover. I think it will be a very close game. I got Oregon beating Washington State 31-27. So yeah. a nice close game. It's interesting. Uh, I think Cam Ward has a good game. I just think you know, maybe he's got the ball going down the field on the last possession and makes a critical turnover that seals it for the Ducks. But I want to see the Ducks run the ball. I want to see them open up the game with Bo Nix when they need to. But if they can't run the ball, I think Wazoo will get the win. But I believe that they should be able to run the ball against the Wazoo team. Yeah, the Ducks, they have a lot of momentum coming off that big win last week. They dominated the line of scrimmage, and I think that was the key to success on why they beat BYU. It's because it opened up the run game. Obviously, it lessened the pressure on Bo Nix because I think he threw like 38 times when they played against Georgia, and he threw... It was it was pretty bad. I mean, we didn't really watch that game, but we saw a couple clips and some of those yeah, some of those interceptions were were pretty bad. So I think if Oregon can open up the run game again, then it'll be huge for them. But I don't think it's necessary that Wazoo plays really good in Pullman. I think it's that Oregon plays really good in Eugene and not necessarily as good on the road. So I think that Wazoo will stop the run put some pressure on Bo Nix, and I think they're going to get the win this weekend. I got Oregon on upset alert this weekend. I think it'll be close, like you said, within a touchdown. But I don't know. I think Cam Ward is really special as long as he limits the turnovers this weekend. And he'll, yeah, he'll have to have a big game, but I, I got Wazoo. Cougars winning this one this weekend against Oregon. I think the really important numbers for Oregon – they're averaging about 452 yards a game, 247 through the air, 205 on the ground. Pretty balanced. That's really balanced. And usually you kind of see teams with, you know, considerably higher, like about 100 yards more passing than rushing. The fact that it's so close kind of shows that they depend on that run. So Washington State only gives up about 91 yards per game on the ground. They're going to have to keep Oregon to about that average. If they keep them to about 90 yards on the ground, I think it's going to be a really good day for Washington State. But I just don't think that they can stop them. I like the running backs for Oregon. There was a couple of them that were pounding the ball on that BYU defense. And hey, if Bonix needs to run the ball, Bonix can run the ball too. So I think that the Oregon Ducks and their run game is just going to be a little bit too much for Washington State this week. Yeah, I just completely disagree. I think the Cougars are going to win this weekend. Do you think they stop that run? Who? Do, th- Who? do you think Washington State stops Oregon's run? Yeah. Or do you think the reason Washington State wins is that their offense is just a little bit too much? No, I just think that in Pullman, I don't think Oregon's that good really? when they're not in Eugene. Interesting. That's, yeah. a, that's a take right there. Yeah, it's a hot take. But, yeah, we saw it earlier this season. And I don't know. I think that was kind of just a 
not necessarily a fluke of a win last week, but I think that they're going to be able to watch some tape this weekend and figure out how to stop that run. It's, and Oregon will fold. Interesting. That's it, gonna be, it'll be a close one. That's going to be a storyline to keep yeah. an eye on for this week. Yeah. The, the well, you picked Oregon, so Washington State is definitely winning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is very true. Last game we're going to dive deep into this weekend is going to be number 20, Florida Gators, taking on the Tennessee Volunteers, ranked 11th in the country. This game's in Knoxville, CBS at 130. We've been talking about Florida a lot this year. We kind of had some high praise for Anthony Richardson along with the rest of the country. Dude, hasn't he hasn't thrown a touchdown all year, and I think Hendon Hooker looks really good. So it's going to be a quarterback battle to look out for. What are you seeing? From this game, I know that we're we are huge Florida Gator fans. Being Utah fans, we we want the Gators to win this game. It's also on College Game Day. It's a big game. Our beloved Gators, man, and they get the job done. But I think you know Florida's kind of in a similar situation with Oregon. You know, I think Anthony Richardson is a very talented football player. My biggest question mark with him, and I think everybody's kind of overstated this, is can he throw the football? Can he throw? And so far, he hasn't been able to do it, you know? At all. He has no throwing touchdowns. And as a wide receiver, you got to be able to help your quarterback out when you know he's kind of struggling to throw the football. Actually, wait. He's, he's been throwing it good just to the other team. Yeah. He's got, what, four picks yeah, on this team? Yeah, four picks. So, no, yeah. And, and when we saw Anthony Richardson play, I genuinely did not think that our defenses were going to be able to stop him running the football. And I think that's the key to beating this Florida team is if you shut down the run – you kind of shut down the offense. So Anthony Richardson has to be able to throw the ball in a game, especially like this, to be able to win the game. Because you're not going to be able to run the ball every single play. Because you're not at home anymore. You're on the road. This is going to be their first road test. So you're going to have to be able to throw the ball because I'm almost guaranteed you're not going to be able to, you know, pound it down this uh, Tennessee's defense. Just keep him in the pocket. Because once he scrambles, I think he's really dangerous. But we've seen what happens when teams have to make him throw. I mean, Kentucky did it really well. Yeah, I think Kentucky's the blueprint for sure. Um, I think they they showed how to beat, you know, this Florida team. And I think kind of Utah kind of showed it too. I think people saw Utah getting run or ran all over. So I think they realized let's limit AR in the running game and let's make him throw the ball and see kind of what happens. And I think it shows on the season he's – you know, the team's averaging 141 yards through the air. That's that's just not good enough. I would be interested to see where that ranks in the nation because I, I would assume it would be very low. But, yeah, AR-15, he's a very talented quarterback. I think there's no disputing that. I think he's got to work on his passing game, and I would like to see him throw the ball this week and be effective doing so. I love this game. I think it's a great way to start off SEC play. And I think there was a stat. It was Tennessee has lost 16. Was it the last 17 or is that total? I think, yeah, 16 out of the last 17. Yeah, so Gators, Gators. have won the last, or 16 out of the last 17 games against against, against Tennessee. Yeah. No, Florida has won the last 16. Yeah, Florida has won the 16 yeah. out of the last 17. Yeah. So Florida has dominated this series. So is it going to be something that you see continue? You know, I know you really can't take anything from the past. You know, the past the past, and we're in the future now. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think Billy Napier's really got a challenge this week. You know, you've had the blessing of playing three straight home games. You had Utah at home, then you had Kentucky at home, and then you had South Florida at home. Now everything changes. You know, you have to go on the road. You have to go to a hostile environment. 
in uh, Neyland Stadium, and you're going to have to really figure out what your football team is about. You know, you've struggled throwing the football. Are you going to make that an emphasis, or are you going to kind of see, you know, them bring tight ends in and go pretty heavy and try to run the ball in the, like those 12 or 13 personnels, or are you going to are you going to take that risk and try to throw the ball to your you know your receivers, your tight ends, even throwing it to your running backs, you know? Run some run some uh, running back screens. Run some wide receiver screens. Some Get wheel routes. Some wheel routes. Just simple routes. You know, you don't have to throw it down the field. Get him confident early. You know, if he completes one passing route, two passing route, three passing route, four passing route, he's going to start building that confidence. And that's what you kind of need out of your quarterback. You want him to be confident throwing the football. Whereas if you run it on first and second down and you're stuck in like a third and ten, it doesn't install confidence in your quarterback. So I want to see that from Florida. On the opposite side, man, Tennessee. They've been playing some football over there. I think they're quietly they've quietly been one of the better teams yeah. in the nation. I think we've said that about Arkansas as well too. Yeah. And Penn State. Uh Penn State as well, yeah. Sneaky teams. So, you know, I think what's most impressive is they went on the road. Like, you know, they played Ball State, they played Akron. They absolutely throttled both those teams, you know. That's what you want to see them do. But I think, you know, going on the road to Pittsburgh and winning that close game in overtime, that was a thriller. Yeah. Um, up in Pittsburgh. Great I think game. Pittsburgh's a good football team. So yeah. I think Tennessee has quietly been one of the better football teams in the nation. I think Hendon Hooker is getting the job done when he needs to. You know, one of those dual threat quarterbacks, which you love to see. You know, Hendon Hooker is what you want to see AR 15 be. You know, he can throw the football, he can run the football. So Tennessee, Tennessee's got to be hyped for this game, man. If you go 4 0 with a win over, you know, a ranked Pittsburgh on the road and then a ranked Florida at home. You know, you gotta be really confident in your football team and them going forward. And I don't see a reason why Tennessee can't get the job done. You know, if you look at Florida, they're averaging 25.3 points per game and they're giving up 26.7 points per game. I don't think there's a single ranked team that is giving up more points per game than scoring points per game. So I think Tennessee I think Tennessee's going to be too much. I know the history hasn't been on their side. I like Tennessee to win this game, though. And I like them to win it big. I think yeah. if they stop I think if they stop the run game and force Florida to pass, I think it's going to get ugly. So I like Tennessee to win this football game. We're going to go 35. We're going to go 35 to 13. I like, wow. I like a big domination this wow. game. Cause I, think Tennessee, I think Tennessee stops them running the football. And hmm. I think if you stop that run game, you stop that offense. So, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a bad day for those Florida Gators. Yeah, I think it, it'll be interesting to see because Florida's kind of been put on that national stage for like three weeks. I mean, they had that big one against Utah, but there was like less pressure on this team because they were unranked. You know, kind of expected to lose to a top ten opponent, opponent, got the win, and then all of a sudden there's a lot of pressure because they jumped to like twelve or thirteen in the rankings, had to play Kentucky, lost that game. You know, so maybe there's kind of a little less pressure now that they dropped to 20. But they barely squeaked out a win at home against not really a great USF team, you know. And so I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they respond. And going on the road for the first time this year, they've been comfortable in the swamp. Now it's time to go to volunteer country. And I I agree. I think they are going to struggle. I think it's going to kind of be a repeat of their game against Kentucky, I I completely agree with everything you had to say. I think they're gonna Tennessee's gonna stop the run in this 
they're going to get embarrassed on this national stage. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the pain about beating a top 10 team week one is you fly up the rankings up to number 12, and now there's all this pressure that you didn't have in week one. So everything changes for you. Your preparation, your preparation doesn't change, but everything around your football team changes because now you're like, wow, we're a top you know, 12 team in the nation. We have to perform like a top 12 team in the nation. And yeah. I think that's what hurt with that Kentucky game. And then everyone was like, okay, how are they going to bounce back against South Florida? They didn't really bounce back too great. So maybe the pressure's off Florida now, and now they can go back to just playing their style of football. Maybe that's, you know, running the football to open up the pass for AR-15. But I just think it's going to be a little bit too much, a little bit too soon in that Tennessee team, man. I think they can actually make a legit run at it. Isn't it crazy? the impact a ranking has on a team, literally just a number next to your football team. That really does, I mean, the AP doesn't really mean anything. It's the college football poll that that means everything when it comes to the end of the season. But, I mean, a ranking can literally put so much pressure on your team, especially when you're facing national media and stuff like that. Yeah, it's the media, man. You know, I think people forget that these are 18 to, like, 22-year-old kids, you know? And this is probably the first time that they've had to deal with that kind of pressure. Yeah. Because, you know, in high school, you don't, really, you don't really deal with that kind of stuff. So I think it really changed everything for Florida. And I think it even put a lot of pressure on Billy Napier, you know. Yeah. This is kind of his first real, I wouldn't say real job, but, you know, SEC is different than, than most conferences, than almost all conferences. So I think Billy Napier maybe even felt a little bit of pressure, you know, after that huge week one win. But... He won't be feeling pressure after this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody will. I got ten- yeah. paying too much attention. To I think Tennessee's. This one. I think Tennessee's going to cover this spread easily. Honestly, you got to win them by three touchdowns. I think they win really big. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I just, I'm not confident what Florida can do on offense. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. If you're new to the pod and don't know how we do things, we just previewed the top five games that we thought that you guys should look for this weekend now we're kind of going to go over some other games some other notable games that you guys should be looking for this weekend starting with thursday we got west virginia picked by two and a half against virginia tech battle of the virginias was uh virginia tech was team that lost old dominion wasn't it i believe so i think that was them yeah so after that they, they lost they lost me for the rest of the season. I really? like West Virginia. I watched them play against a Pittsburgh team on the road, and that was a okay. stellar of a game. JT Daniels is really unfortunate to lose. And I always that receiver had one slip right through his hands. I'm going to go uh, West Virginia on that one. I, got, I like him to cover two. I don't know why that line's so close. Um, maybe it's a robbery game with both of them being from Virginia. But, nah, I like West Virginia to win this one and probably by a couple scores too. Okay, yeah. I got West Virginia as well. Let's jump to Saturday, starting off with Maryland at number four, Michigan, 17 line for Michigan. Michigan has looked good this year. It's just a shame that they really haven't played anybody. Um, and it doesn't look like they start playing anybody this week either. Uh, I know Maryland has Tua's brother. Is that Maryland? Oh, yeah, that's right. Tua's uh, brother. Tua turned the ball over. That's some disrespect, uh, dude. <laughs> he actually had a good game this yeah. week over the weekend, but... Yeah, I just I think Michigan's look solid. I think they've done everything they need to do. I like Michigan in this game. I like them winning big. Let's go uh, 49 to 14 for the Wolverines at home. Yeah, I agree. I got I got Michigan covering that 17 point spread 
as well. Next game, number 17, Baylor Bears going at Iowa State. Iowa State picked by two and a half. See, this is actually an interesting one. Um, I think Baylor is on upset alert here. I think Iowa State has been okay. I think they've been solid. Um, but I think Baylor I think Baylor has proven that they kind of struggle on the road. I know we saw that a couple weeks ago against BYU. But I think maybe you could see a similar situation where they struggle here as well. Looks like Vegas knows something that we don't with Iowa State being, you know, two and a half point favorites. And I like Iowa State to win this game over Baylor in a bit of an upset. And I even like Iowa State to cover. I'm going to go Iowa State by the score of 27 to 24. Oh, wow. Win over Baylor here. So they do cover. That's what that's oh, yeah. what's interesting is like Iowa State is picked by two and a half. So is it technically an upset? Technically, what do we what do we base an upset off of ranking uh, or? I think line? we base it off of those AP voters that. Yeah, the eighty guys just sitting in a conference room, yeah, just that, scribbling stuff on there. Yeah, that move yeah. move the rankings up and down yeah. for no reason. Yeah, yeah. those guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I I got Baylor winning this one. I think Blake Shapin has kind of struggled these first three games, but I, I see him bounce back and beating Iowa State next game. We got a great basketball game, Duke at Kansas, but I think they're both three and zero. Yeah, I can't, so it could I be can't, actually a good football game. I can't, I can't wait to watch this basketball yeah. game. <laughs> Hopefully, we get this during yeah. the winter. Yeah, but, yeah. I think, I think I saw a graphic that like Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, and the other Kentucky. Yeah, all three of them. All three, three of them, like first time or something like that. That'd be a so that'd be an amazing Final Four, March Madness. Yeah, yeah. I think they should just take this game and yeah. move it to the hardwood. Yeah, <laughs> should play some basketball instead of this football game. But yeah, I, I know Kansas has been notoriously terrible. The last couple of years, um, don't know much about them this year, but three zero. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kansas because they are at home and they're gonna get to four zero and shock the whole nation by being four zero. Wow! Um, but I'm gonna go a close one. I'm gonna go at twenty one twenty. Are they picked by nine? Are they picked by nine? I think so. I think that's wow. what the line was at. I got Duke upsetting them. Then I think they're just gonna hit too many threes on them. You know, on the road. A lot yeah, of, a lot of field goals in this. Yeah, year. a lot. Of, too too many buckets. For uh, the Blue Devils, yeah, I got I got Duke winning that one on the road. Next game, we kind of got a big one. Number twenty two Texas taking on Texas Tech on the road, and I think we got some news about uh, Quinn Ewers. Is he gonna be back? Yeah, there's rumors that Quinn Ewers might play this week. We were hoping he'd be back for the um, the Red River rivalry. Yeah, it looks like we'll get to see him this week. Yeah, if he's back this week, that changes everything. Yeah, because um, Quinn Ewers was fantastic in that game against uh, Alabama. So it was really unfortunate when he went down. But I'm going to go on the hunch that Quinn Ewers plays football this weekend somehow. I don't know how. He was supposed to be out four to six weeks, but back on week two, he's going to come play uh, against Texas Tech. And I'm, I like Texas in this game. I'm going to go Texas, covering that spread and maybe boosting themselves back into improvable ranking maybe get him to like the top 15 I'm going to go Texas 38 Texas Tech 20 so big time game for Quinn Ewers hopefully hopefully yeah and the Texas Longhorns yeah I think even if Texas plays with their backup I think that they still win on the road against Texas Tech and if they do have Quinn Ewers played great against Bama I think they'll cover next game Notre Dame taking on North Carolina only picked by one, considering this team was a top five team to start the season. I mean, they got their first win last week. You think they'll go back to back? I don't. I don't think they should have got their win yeah. last week. They had a very questionable offsides call yeah. on a missed field goal 
that led to a touchdown. So I think Notre Dame should have lost last week. I think, I think they should be 0-3, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I know North Carolina played that thriller with App State. It was like the 63-61 game. I'm going to trust in North Carolina because they are the home team, and we like home teams around here. Yeah. So I'm going to go North Carolina beating Notre Dame at home. I just think Notre Dame has too many questions. That quarterback didn't really instill too much confidence in me last week. Didn't really install too much confidence in the coordinator. Did you see that video? No, I didn't. With, um, there was a video of him like answering the phone. And you just see his coordinator get right into the speaker and just yell something. Really? Right at him. So he looked pretty upset. Oh, wow. But yeah, I don't think Notre Dame is that special. I like North Carolina at home. I'm going to go 21. I'm going to go 21-10 for uh, North Carolina. I'm going to disagree. I got the Irish improving their record to 500, 2-2. Two and two. I think that they're just a better program, and they'll, they'll find a win. They'll find a way to win this weekend. Not with that quarterback, they won't. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Next game, we got Indiana at Cincinnati. Cincinnati dropped out of the rankings, losing early this season. They're picked by 17 and a half against Indiana at home this week. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, looks like Cincinnati's feeling the effects of, you know, a playoff run and losing all your players to the NFL. That can happen, but once they get to the Big 12, I think they'll be fine. I like Cincinnati in this game. I think I think they're a good football team at home. I don't like them to cover, though. 17 and a half is a little bit too much for me. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Cincinnati 34, and then Indiana 24. So okay. Just a 10-point game. 10-point margin. That's pretty close. Yeah, close yeah. game, but I think Cincinnati gets it yeah. comfortably, though. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's the better team, regardless of them losing all their players last year. I think they're better than Indiana. They'll get a win this weekend. I don't think they'll cover as well. Next game, we got some Pac-12 action. Number seven, USC going at Oregon State. A notable fact, Oregon State was 8-0 at home, dating back to last season. USC is only picked by 6.5 against the Beavers this weekend. Yeah, and I think Vegas has taken that line into, or that fact into a little bit of consideration. You know, 6-0 last year, they're 2-0 so far this year. USC comes to town. Oregon State's probably feeling a little bit disrespected because I think Oregon State could make an argument that they should be a ranked football program but um man I can't bet against USC until I see somebody do it USC is so talented on offense and they haven't really struggled on defense either so until a team beats them I, I just have to go with USC so I'm gonna go USC to give Oregon State their first loss at home in over nine games Make them 8-1 at home. I'm going to go USC to cover pretty big, too. I'm going to go USC 42, Oregon State 24. I just think USC's got a little bit too much firepower for the Beavs. This is their first test of the year. I think that USC will get the win in Corvallis this weekend. I I really don't know what to expect. I don't know if it's going to be close or not. I I think that they'll cover, but, I mean, there's still some question marks on that defense. Um, I mean, there's no question marks on the offense. Caleb Williams has been unbelievable top two quarterbacks in the country so yeah i'm just, i got usc winning this game they're they're the better team you know i mean oregon's been oregon state's been doing great at home recently but i just think usc has too overwhelming of an offense for yeah. the beavers this weekend yeah. another pac-12 matchup to look for this weekend stanford going at number 18 washington washington coming off that big home win against michigan state they got another home game against stanford picked by 12 and a half this weekend the only thing that worries me this week with Washington 
is a hangover from last week because we know it's definitely possible you get a huge win at home and then the next week you just don't come to play that's the only thing that really worries me I think Washington's a better team than Stanford I think uh, Michael Penix Jr. is playing out of his mind too so I think Washington should win this game and I think they should win comfortably but this is the Pac-12 anything can happen so I'm going to go with Washington I'm going to go with a little bit closer of a game I'm going to go 31-24 for the Huskies, but expect it to be a battle for them for sure. Really? Yeah, I think Washington's a sleeper team along with like Penn State and some other teams we've talked about. Michael Penix Jr., dude's got like second most throwing yards in the country right now. He kind of has the numbers to maybe have that trajectory for some Heisman talk depending on how this team does the rest of the season. But I think after last week, I think the Huskies look really good and and I, I don't see much from Stanford. I got a winning and covering this weekend at home. We just finished up giving you guys a preview for what to look for this weekend as far as games. But Brock has come up with a segment that he kind of wants to share. And it is a conference predictions for the Power 5 conferences. I know that we did a little bit of this at the beginning of the season. And I'm interested to see if some of those predictions have changed for Brock. I'm not going to be making predictions. It's going to be all him. So let's start off with the ACC. ACC. This is probably going to be the easiest conference to get wrong, in my opinion, because I think you have so many teams that can compete for it. You know, Clemson's obviously probably the favorite with them clocking in at five in the nation. You know, they got that national respect. They got the Dabo Sweeney. They got the five-star recruits. Clemson got everything that you would want to have to be a contender for the ACC and probably even for the uh, college football playoff. But there's so many other good teams. You know, you got NC State in the mix. You know, you got Wake Forest. I don't think Pittsburgh is a bad team either. So you got all these teams that are going to be vying for that conference championship. And I think the winner of this conference is going to start by winning this game this weekend that we talked about earlier with Clemson and Wake Forest. And I picked Clemson to win that football game, and I also picked Clemson to win the conference because I think Clemson's just done it too much, you know. When you've kind of been around the block, you kind of know how to, how to prepare for situations like this. I think Clemson wins a big one at Wake Forest this weekend, and then I think that propels them into beating NC State later on in the, se- in the season as well. And I just, I just don't see anybody touching Clemson. I think Clemson is is the best team in the ACC. I'm not really high on them in the national level. I'm kind of hoping they drop a couple games so we don't have to see them in the playoff, but I definitely <laughs> think Clemson wins the ACC for sure. So you don't think they'll run the table or anything like that? I think they probably will because their schedule is easy enough. I just hope that they don't. I hope they lose at least two games so we don't have to see yeah. them in the playoff. They're going to lose but, this weekend, though. That's my prediction. Yeah, that's, we, we talked about being a whole one. Wait, I actually have a question for you. Let's, let's, let's throw a little curveball at you. If Wake Forest wins this weekend, who's the ACC champ? Still Clemson? I think it depends on. I think it depends on what happens with um, Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest got NC State later on this season, so I think Wake Forest can do it. I think Wake Forest can compete for the ACC because they got the quarterback. I know I'm really high on Sam Hartman. I think he's a good QB. I just think Clemson is Clemson's just been there, and when you've been there and done it, it's kind of. It's easier than kind of trying to do it your first time. And I know Wake Forest um, is going to have a great season, I think. But I think this might just be a little bit too much for him. But I'm excited to see what this weekend entails. 
Yeah, I hope this segment isn't just you just picking the favorites. Because yeah, it'd be pretty be boring. Good. It'd be pretty easy to just pick the favorites. Yeah. But should we should we talk about the Pac-12 next? Yeah, let's go to the Pac-12. It's all you. This is your oh, segment. okay. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to talk about it a little more. But <laughs> Pac-12, I can already see the comments. He's a homer. He's just picking his favorite oh, team. Oh, my gosh. Here we I go. Can, I can see all those comments. I'm picking the University of Utah to win the Pac-12. And here's my reason why. USC has to come up to Salt Lake City to play Utah at Rice Temple Stadium for their chance to be included in the, the conference championship game. I think if USC does not beat Utah, they can go 11-1 and and they won't be in the conference championship game because the new format is the top two teams and not by the, well, even in the old divisional format they wouldn't be because I think Utah also wins eight games in the conference and goes eight and one just like USC would be but I think USC is going to miss it out because I think Washington is going to also run the table and probably lose one game and be eight and one and I think Washington will win the tiebreakers over USC and it will be Utah versus Washington in the Pac-12 championship and I think Utah wins the Pac-12 championship over Washington because of the coaching. I think Kyle Whittingham's done it. He's been there. He's proven to win football games. And I don't think we've learned that from Kalen DeBoer yet. You know, he had a big win against Michigan State. We're all applauding him right now in week three. Pac-12 play is different, though, you know. Playing against Pac-12 teams week in and week out is different than playing, you know, a couple scrubs and then Michigan State. So I think Kalen DeBoer is going to learn very early. I think he still has a very good Pac-12 run with Washington. I got him going 11-1 as well, losing just one game of conference play. But I think the reason why I got Utah in the Pac-12 is because I don't think USC will even make it. I think USC will travel up to Rice-Eccles, and they will lose to Utah on the road, and that will be their Pac-12 season done. It's kind of interesting how after three games of the season – we kind of have this new perspective on how competitive the Pac-12 is because we kind of were introduced to the season thinking that it was just going to be Utah and USC at the end of the year. But now Oregon's looking competitive. Washington's looking competitive. Also, Wazoo's looking a little scary. Who knows? Oregon State might win at home this weekend against USC. I mean, it's it's all out there. Yeah, I think you will see some of those upsets. Like, I, I think I got Oregon. Everyone's high on Oregon right now because they're coming off a big win at home versus BYU. I think Oregon loses at least two games in Pac-12 play, potentially even three. And you picked them to win this weekend? Eugene? Yeah. Yeah, I got Eugene winning this weekend. But yeah. I think they could lose I think they could lose back-to-back weeks in Washington and Utah. So that's why I'm, I'm not really throwing Oregon in that conversation. I think if the top three right now is USC, Utah, Washington, and then Oregon. I guess top four if you'd make it. But I think Utah beats USC – and takes over that top spot, and then I think Washington runs the table. Loses probably one game, but it doesn't really matter too much because they'll go in based on tiebreakers to the Pac-12 championship game. That's a steam and take. That's a steam and take. Smoking. Smoking hot, fresh out the oven take. He's got Utah winning the Pac-12. I think that they were co-favorites at the beginning of the season with USC, correct? I think they were the, the number one favorite. Oh, they were? I think okay. they were picked to win. So back-to-back favorites for this segment. Super boring. Next conference, SEC. And I hope it's not the same. See, the SEC yeah. is tough because we're seeing a lot of emerging teams in Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee. Um, maybe if you squint your eyes a little bit, 
you can see Florida in that picture too, but they're kind of a little bit farther back. They got more to do. Um, and then you got Georgia and Alabama, of course. Picking somebody besides Georgia and Alabama, I know it's boring, but it's just the truth. You know, Alabama wins the SEC every year. Georgia can also win the SEC every year. They're just the best two teams by a mile. There's a big drop-off between them two and the next best team in the SEC. I don't think Kentucky's good enough. I don't think Arkansas is good enough. I don't think Tennessee is good enough. And then Florida and Texas A&M are kind of on the outside looking in. But I've seen so much out of this Georgia defense so far, and they have impressed me in how they've played, losing all those players to the NFL. And I think Georgia wins the SEC this time around. I know last year Alabama won the SEC and then lost in the national championship game. Don't be surprised if we see Georgia win the SEC and then Alabama come back and get revenge in the national championship game Mm. in that repeat of Georgia and Alabama. So I got Georgia winning the SEC. That's a pretty hot take, I would say. Yeah, you could say so. I feel like the easy pick would be Bama. I think Bama. I mean, we saw some weakness against Texas. I think Bama knows how to win the big games. Yeah. Except the national championship game last year, but we don't have to talk about it too much. Yeah. But um, (laughs) I just think Georgia's defense is good enough for them to run the table and, and win the SEC. As far as the national championship, that's a different conversation, but I think Alabama can beat them in the national championship game. Cool. So he's got Georgia winning the SEC. Let's move into the Big 12. Now, this is probably the one that's going to upset the most people. And it fully depends on the health of Quinn Ewers. But I got Texas winning wow. the Big 12. Finally. First time in forever. Finally, a hot a hot one. Can't remember the last time they've won, won the Big 12. But if you look at the Big 12 teams, you got Oklahoma, you got Baylor, you got Texas. You know, I think Oklahoma State's in there as well. I think what I saw from Quinn Ewers in Texas against Alabama was anything more impressive than any other Big 12 team can do this year. And I think we'll see it in the Red River rivalry too in the next couple weeks. But for me, it just depends on the health of Quinn Ewers. If Quinn Ewers, there's rumors that he's going to play this weekend. If he doesn't play this weekend and plays next weekend against Oklahoma, I still like Texas's chance to win the Big 12. I think they're finally a competitive football team. And I think they've finally gotten over of the fact that they're trying to get back to finally just trying to put a good product on the field, you know, trying to be physical and trying to be be a good overall football team. So that's why I got Texas with the Big 12. You're basing this pick off of what you saw against Alabama. Yes, because I think, I think Quinn Ewers showed that he can be an elite quarterback. Okay. And I think that's something that Texas, like they've had good quarterbacks, but I think Quinn Ewers is an elite quarterback. Some of the throws I saw him make against the Alabama defense were kind of out of this world. Yeah. So I think they got a bright future in Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Well, we hope he's healthy because then we might see Texas win the Big 12. Last one, Big 10. And, of course, I'm going to go with Ohio State. No, I'm going to go with Penn State to win the Big wow. 10. Are you serious? Penn State. you serious? I'm going Penn State. Penn State. The reason I got Penn State, I see it. I see it right now. I see number three Ohio State. I and Michigan. see number four or, or Michigan. The reason I got Penn State is I think they finally have an offense that can compete with their defense, and I think they can finally put both those sides of the ball together to beat, say, Ohio State and a Michigan. Because once you get to the Big Ten championship game, it's over. 
because the other side of that division is very weak. It's, you know, usually Wisconsin, Iowa. Yeah. You know, usually if you get to the big, usually the championship game is getting out of that division. That division's State, ridiculous. Michigan, Ohio State. Wisconsin, no, Wisconsin's in their division, I think. Or no. No, I think they're in the other. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Then there's one more. That's usually kind of big. They're escaping me right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think Penn State has has it or can do it this year. You know, they've they've looked impressive for three, three weeks. I think that win over Auburn is a lot more impressive, impressive than people are giving them credit for. So it'll be interesting to see how they do the rest of the season. And I think them having only at Michigan and home for Ohio State. Oh, Michigan State's the other team. That's oh, yeah, that's right. But I think being home for Ohio State and home for Michigan State and only having to travel to at Michigan, I think they can win on the road at Michigan. Even if they lose on the road at Michigan, I think you could see Michigan drop a couple games. But I think Penn State does things for the first time in forever. Penn State gets the job done. That's what I'm talking about right 10. there. That's a pick right there. Yes, that's sir. what I'm talking That's what people tune in to hear. And that running back, man, he's unreal. Yeah. He's so talented. Yeah, I think that Penn State's a really good team. At home, especially. I mean, it's hard to win games there. Yeah, I think Ohio State's going to struggle there. October yeah. 29th. Big test will be in the, the big house for them. Yeah, if they can get it done in the big house. You know, they got everything to play for. Yeah, and they look good through these first three weeks. We've got Penn State winning the Big Ten after what we've seen through three weeks. And I think that's going to conclude that segment. I think that's going to wrap things up for our seventh episode. I can't believe that's been seven already. But okay. we, yeah, already. It's been great. We appreciate you guys listening in. Um, we're super excited that we got on multiple platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify. And we're going to look for other options as well. We'll also be posting on social media. We're thinking Twitter, Instagram, maybe some TikTok, you know, throw some hot takes on there. So keep an eye out for us on multiple accounts. And yeah, I think we're going to keep shooting for Wednesday and Sunday uploads. So I think Sunday is going to be our recap for this hopefully crazy weekend we've been we've been spoiled with some three great weeks of college football so far yeah hopefully hopefully we just get another good week of college football we've you know been blessed so far so yeah hopefully we keep it going yeah so drop a rating leave a comment and uh we appreciate you guys we like